On this episode of Documental, I'm speaking with the Huntsman. Huntsman, thank you so much for coming on. No, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I wanted to take this episode to talk about a stream of topics, but I figured we could start with survival tips, tactics, advice, important skill sets that we could then transfer into the professional world. One tweet that you mentioned a while back was about a book that you read that stood out to you. It was called Deep Survival and mm-hmm. uh, by uh, Loris Gonzalez, I believe. Correct. What is the appeal here? Why, why did that book stick out to you and what can listeners get out of the lessons in that work? So Deep Survival was a book that was introduced to me by, um, by my dad. We were, we were on a really interesting uh, conversation about some different things and, and um, sort of doing what fathers and sons do, which is um, talking about the what if scenarios that we may encounter in a man's life. And it was, um, we, we had just, uh, I had just had my, my first son and I, I was asking my dad, you know, what, what sort of things go through a, a man's mind as he, as his son uh, ages up. And, and my dad said, well, you know, the first, the first thing any father should really be looking to do is to have the skills and the mindset necessary to, to survive and to help other people, particularly as family survive, you know, in, in very difficult moments. And so my dad gave me that book and said, son, I've read this book probably five times. It's yours now. And, um, read it through and and my habit with a lot of books is to kind of bomb through them get the broad strokes of it and if I really enjoy that then go back and really deep dive into the book and so and and I developed that habit so I could read very quickly um I knock out probably 10 books or so a month and this is one that I just a few times a year kind of always come back to and reread chapters and look at different points but specifically to that book you know Lawrence Gonzalez was talks a lot about uh, how we return in a very difficult moment to our first principles or what I call first principles or to our, the, the, the most basic things that we, that we have buried so deeply inside of us as a part of our personality. And that, that we're, so if, if you have made a habit in your life of quitting during difficult times, if you've made a habit in your life of um, coming up with an excuse why something can't be done, if you've made it a habit in your life not to be creative and explore alternate solutions, then those are the habits that are going to arise in a moment when, you, when, when, you're, when your mind has completely left you because you're in such a terrifying situation. Those habits that you have formed over many years of study are, or many years of just behavior uh, are what are going to come back to you in that, in that moment. And it really hit me that I don't, I don't want to be the guy who dies easy, right? If it comes down to it, if I'm buried in an avalanche, if I'm on a sinking ship, if, I, if I'm in a plane that goes down in the mountains, um, whatever it may be, if I'm lost in the woods, right? I want to be able to survive. And if I've got people with me that depend on me, I want to be able to make sure they survive even if I don't. And so it's, it's, it's that book really connected, I think, to a deep part of my ethos, which is that a, a man's job is to build himself up as much as possible as an individual uh, for its own benefit to the man himself, but also for the people that, that rely on him in their day-to-day life. It's interesting. I think most people would think of shows like Man vs. Wild when we're talking about survival tactics and what to do when sure. you're alone and you know, how to tie a knot, how to fish, how to do you know, a barbecue, all that. But I think what, sure. what we're kind of getting at here is that there are 
uh, underlying traits that somebody can develop that will make mm -hmm. them self-reliant and then also mm -hmm. an example for others. So I'm, are there certain personality traits that, that you think would be beneficial connecting this whole survival aspect to the real world, the world we live in where we have so much comfort, mm -hmm. so many things taken care of for us? Well, one of the things I talked about with Chance Lunsford on, on his podcast, and it was kind of the thing that I summed up and, and I know it resonated with some people was um, call it call it a hero that lives inside of you or just the, the most ascendant version of yourself. You can be, you know, Garrett, uh, uh, Garrett Daly, uh, Libera Rex on, on Twitter talks about building and becoming an ascendant individual, uh, which I take to be maximizing all of the domains of your life. And having a bit, you know, we're given this gift of life and we have, I think, almost a, a moral and an ethical obligation in, in addition to a practical obligation to build ourselves up as much as we possibly can to never stop that journey. And so from a, you know, returning from a what sort of basic, very basic root things do we look at doing? I think the very first thing is you have to really be comfortable with pain. Um, both as a concept and as something that you can move past a fear response. Most of us live our lives trying to avoid pain. Um, and, and we create these elaborate justifications and frameworks around it. It's, you know, I've, I've gone really, really hard at the red pill uh, a number of times as well. And we won't segue into that, but um, my belief system is that fundamentally most people are very insecure in some way, and or in a, in a lot of cases, they're insecure in many ways. But building a comfort level with pain is, I think, the beginning of resiliency. And then from resiliency, you move into Taleb's concept of anti-fragility. But it starts with just saying, you know what, sometimes I'm going to take a punch in the face, right? And, and I've taken my share of real punches in the face. I've taken my share of metaphorical punches in the face, but it's never stopped me from being willing to step into the punch. Um, and I'm not going to get out, far outside of my expertise, but I know one of the things when you're learning a combat sport that they teach you is, is I boxed for a little bit and my coach used the term step into the punch. And what he meant was when, when someone's got you at, at, at distance and they can get maximum momentum behind a punch, it's going to really, I mean, it's going to hurt like hell. And, but if you step into the punch, you can blunt some of the force or some of that energy by getting inside that. And then they have to change up tactics on you if you've moved inside their guard and then they can't get as much momentum behind a punch on you. And life is like that too. But part of blunting an attack on you in your own life is being willing to step into that and, and take that pain in the moment, knowing that there's a tactical and strategic advantage to that pain. Um, so you kind of, you kind of got to get out get that fear response out of your own way. And that, and that's really, I would say the first thing. Um, the next part is to, always be looking for an opportunity to build a snowmobile. And I wrote an email about snowmobiles on, on the Ion Media thing. Um, but essentially what that concept is, is that, uh, so John Boyd, uh, who developed the OODA loop and uh, energy maneuverability theory, he was the father of the F-15 uh, and F-16 airplanes, as well as the, um, his work informed the A-10 Warthog that I think it was designed by Pierre Spry. But so one of the things Boyd used to talk about when he gave all of his briefings was th this concept of snowmobiles. And so it was essentially you take, you know, the handlebars off of uh, a, a bike and the seat off of a bike and the motor off of a motorcycle and the, and, and the treads off of a, a small tank. And you put all these things together 
And what you have no longer is a motorcycle and a bike and a tank and these other things. You've got a snowmobile. It's being able to mix and match the best ideas or concepts or things from one domain or multiple domains and build them into something new on the fly and, and create tools. And so that, that creativity can be trained, that worldview can be trained of always saying, you know, it's a, it's a bit MacGyverish. It's, 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 you know, that's kind of, if you remember the old show MacGyver, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, every, everybody remembers that, right? It's being able to like get out of a prison cell with bubble gum and some string and a little piece of duct tape, right? And, and he fashions himself some sort of a, you know, tool for escape. But that, that, that is a real skill that could be trained uh, over, it's taken me a lot of time to do it. Um, but if you're always looking and going, how does, how can X be taken from this domain and then turned into something Y, you be, the whole world becomes a Lego set to you. So if you take the two things of sort of saying, look, pain is real, it's, it's, it's going to hurt, um, but you have to be willing to take that. And then you move past that as a way, as something that cripples your mind in a, in a difficult moment. And now, now you're in the mindset of looking for solutions. You've moved past the pain and now you're like, well, we're dealing with this. What solutions are at hand? What tool is at hand? And how can I, how can I repurpose this knowledge? And that's, that's the thing. So if, you, if you're always looking to learn one thing and say, how does this one thing I'm learning, how can it apply to five different domains in my life? Then what you have is, is uh, one moment of learning Im impacts you in 10 different ways. And now those 10 different connections are available to your brain in a moment of crisis. So the original domain of that knowledge or that tool may not be available to you because your brain's kind of shut down in that moment and you've got tunnel vision, but some other connection or some other way in which you've inculcated that knowledge into your head can, can come back to you in the moment you need it. This is so interesting. For the listeners, um, Huntsman has mentioned a couple other individuals, one who was on the podcast uh, Garrett Daly and one who will be on the podcast Chance Hunsford. These gentlemen are discussing important topics within the ionosphere. Am I correct with that? Mm -hmm. So if listeners are interested, I would definitely go check that out because this is very valuable information, critical life skills, philosophical discussions. Check that mm -hmm. out. So we're talking about some very important topics here, like building grit, becoming resourceful. I mean, imagine yourself being in the wilderness alone. You have to be comfortable with discomfort. You have to build a sense of uh, strength, mental and physical strength to survive. You have to be resourceful with all the things at your disposal. All these things are connected to our real mm -hmm. world. Even if you're not mm -hmm. in the wilderness, if you're not on the deserted island, and we have to create something out of nothing. So these are very important traits that I think listeners should really think about, uh, especially a phrase, something like, how can I use this? That's a very mm -hmm. important phrase that I've used quite a bit, um, just to go off what you've been saying. So the next step, let's say that somebody's thinking about developing these traits. Where do they go from here? What's the next step? Do they, is there any practical advice you have for listeners after they develop these psychological traits? Mm -hmm. I mean, the first is being willing to, the first is being willing to experiment and, and to not only to fail, but to fail like really, really spectacularly. Because if, if your first couple of times you're learning something and you only fail a tiny bit, chances are really good that you're not just a natural who's got a, you know, most, we, we want to tell ourselves we're naturals. We want to tell ourselves that I'm smart enough to pick up anything. But the reality of the situation is, is that if you are really truly testing your limits of new knowledge, then 
you should really, truly fail hard, but do it fast. And the next time, and then pick yourself right back up and, and do it again. Right. Um, and that comes, I think that comes with, with some obviously disclaimers. Uh, you're not going to, uh, have jumped, jumped out of a plane with a parachute for the first time and just said, you know what, I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a halo jump, right? High altitude, low opening where you're at terminal velocity, right? When you open your chute, you probably don't want to begin there. Um, but within, within limits of reason, certainly if you're trying to learn how to light a fire, um, you know, you want to learn how to light a match, but you're, you're probably not just going to say, well, I'm going to light a candle with this. You want to be like, I want to light a bonfire. Right. And you're going to learn a bunch of stuff from a failure to build a bonfire because it's teaching you along the way. Um, so I encourage my, my own children. Uh, I coach baseball and basketball and, and about three other sports too, uh, depending on whatever my kids are into at that time. But um, one of the things I encourage my kids is never be scared of failure. Never be scared to, um, to experiment, to, to, you know, get a little bit of pain because those lessons are really good. So when you move out of the psychological realm of driving away from fear, or at least accepting that fear or you know, accepting that pain is a part of your life. And, and you've now moved out of the theoretical and into the real. Now you really have to be willing to experiment and you have to be willing to try new things and to explore the outer limits of whatever tool it is that you're working with. Um, you know, a good example is, is like a screwdriver, for example, you know, depending on the context, right? A screwdriver may just be a screwdriver. Uh, but in my case, a screwdriver is also a way to open bathroom doors that my kids have locked themselves, you know, have, have locked and then shut, you know, and then I, I can't find a little key that, you, you know, so a screwdriver gets it done. Uh, it, it's a, it's a box opener, right? For a package. Cause you can use the sharp edge of the screwdriver to cut the tape. It's, it's a, it's a weapon if that's all you have on you. It's, it's that one thing is 10 different things. Um, but you'd only know that if you have been willing to experiment with it uh, and, and push forward on it. So from a where to acquire knowledge sort of side, um, it's a combination of self-experimentation. YouTube has been amazing. I mean, I've taught myself how to do unbelievable amounts of work. I, I didn't grow up working on cars with my dad. And that's one of the things that I always felt like limited me as a man was um, you know, how to change my own oil or repair my brakes or whatever it may be. Uh, and I've always been a tinker, but never did it with cars. And, uh, so, you know, this last time that, that, um, I started went out in my car, I said, you know what, screw this. I, I'm not taking it into the shop and paying a $300 labor charge. I bet I can figure out how to do this myself. And like two YouTube videos and a couple trips to AutoZone <laughs> and, and that time investment did come with a cost because my time is worth a certain amount, just like all of ours is. Uh, particularly when you're self-employed like I am, but you are also teaching yourself a skill for the rest of your life and you're gaining confidence. So um, thing, resources are out there. We have never had more resources available in the world for self-education, whether it's Wikipedia, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Reddit, whether it's YouTube, whatever it may be, the information is probably out there that you're looking for unless you're like into a very obscure sort of domain. Um, a, a really good example is, is, um, there's a, there's an individual on Twitter and I, and I won't say who it is, but, um, they, they speak, um, they speak Russian as a primary language. And so I sort of suspected that they were actually from Russia. And I reached out to the individual and said, I'm looking for source material on a research project that I'm working on, but there are no copies of this particular book I'm looking for in English but I know it exists in, in, you know, in like the University of St. Petersburg in Russia. 
in the library system. And this individual was kind enough to go find that book for me and, and find the information for me. And then I was able to translate it back to myself after, you know, they sent me some pictures of the book. And it was, it was just absolutely one of those phenomenal things. But even 10 or 15 or 20 years ago, that, that ability to just quickly find information and leverage human networks or leverage online networks to do that, it didn't exist. So that's the self-education component, right? The, the other thing, and, and probably even the more important thing, is finding really good mentors or instructors, whether they are free, whether they are paid. Find someone who, who has practical, real world, been there, done that sort of knowledge, and then ask the question and then be willing to learn. Because they may tell you some really harsh truths. They may be like, dude, if you try to learn how to shoot a firearm, you're going to end up shooting your foot off because you're careless. You probably want to listen to them then and understand that, that, you know, that tendency for carelessness that they may have observed needs to be worked on. Uh, you have to humble yourself before a mentor or, or a coach or an instructor and be willing to be wrong constantly. So that's, I think that's that progression of how you move out of, okay, I'm okay with pain. Um, now I'm willing to experiment. And then you move into self-education and then peer education or, you know, peer as in P-E-E-R, like a peer group. Um, or, and, or working with a mentor or a coach who can kind of apprentice you a little bit and, and, and instruct you and inform you in the proper way to do things based on their experience and knowledge. It goes to show you that today we have so many resources to become resourceful. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter Absolutely. of going on the keyboard, you know, typing something in, clicking on it and just focusing. It's interesting how many people still can't find resources to do what they want or what they need. If we understand the network effects of technology, the resources at our disposal, we can solve a lot of problems. And I'm willing to bet mm -hmm. that solve one problem, you'll probably become more confident to solve more and more. And it's just like a snowball effect. So mm -hmm. all this advice that you're giving husband is super practical. And I think people can just start doing this. You know, they can start seeing results and build that momentum, right? Um, mm -hmm. just to close this interview, uh, do you want to give listeners a brief introduction and where they can find you online? Yeah, sure. Um, you can find me on Twitter is kind of my primary home as it were, um, you know, at least in this identity as it were. Um, and that's uh, at flyover underscore country, uh, kind of a nod to the fact that, you know, I live, I obviously live somewhere in the United States between the two coasts. And, you know, the old joke is that, you know, the only votes that matter are the ones out on the coast and then the rest of the country's flyover country. But so yeah, it's flyover underscore country. Um, and then, uh, I just, uh, I just started a blog. I, I did it on medium, frankly, because I don't have the time or the interest in like setting up my own website, but, um, but that's, uh, at the Huntsman online. Um, I got three articles up there, um, a short one, a medium one, and then one that I just started writing and three hours later kind of, snapped out of it and realized I'd written about 4,000 words. So, um, and that was, that was the most recent, that was the most recent one on, on the, uh, on the red pill. Um, probably also gives you the clearest lens into the way my brain works logically. Um, I'm not as creative of an individual as a lot of others. Um, you know, I'm certainly not on the level of Garrett and Chance and some of those other guys, as far as just being able to create ideas out of nothing. I do a lot better when I'm working with working with the tools and ideas that other people have given me and then I can kind of tinker with them and repurpose them. So don't know how to build a Lego itself, but I can take a bunch of Legos and put them into something else. Right. So, That's pretty awesome. um, 
<laughs> that's uh, but that's probably I mean that's probably the easiest place to find me um, is is those and and my you know my DMs are always open um, you know unless you crawl in there and you know want to be a jackass or something then you know I obviously reserve the right to deal with that differently but um, try to be as open and and friendly and helpful as I can I've had so many people in my life that have you know, I, I am one guy, but I am one guy who is the sum of the love and the effort and the work and, and the willingness to teach me uh, of hundreds and hundreds of people over the years. And um, everybody needs that. Everybody needs those pool of knowledge and resources that, that are willing to share a little bit of themselves and pay that forward. You know, that legacy is not just having kids. It's also, it's also giving as much to others as you possibly can of your knowledge and, and your kindness. So. Um, yeah, I would encourage reach out anybody who's watching this and, and wants to get to know me. I'm not always an open book, but I, I try to be as helpful as I can and, and certainly share as much of that as I can. Fantastic. Huntsman, thank you so much for this interview. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. I appreciate it, sir. All right. Take care. Take care, Alejandro.